Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners, it's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, along with my co-host, who's wearing the exact same hat as me, just in a different direction, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, brother? Yano, good to see you as always. You know, you always ask how I'm doing, and I fail to ask you, man, how are you doing, Chris? I'm good, man. Uh, So this podcast uh, is being recorded on the Wednesday just after Thanksgiving, where I got to go back home to the good state of Indiana. Shout out to my uh, my Hoosier folks. Um, including our guest, who is a Hoosier. That's right. Um, but yeah, I got to go back home and uh, see my mom and my sisters and my nieces and my nephews and my aunts and uncles and just everybody. It feels good to go back home and kind of just go back to your roots where it all started. And, um, you know, it's always interesting because I take my kids by the farm where I grew up and they could literally care less. Like <laughs> that to them seems awful and boring. And, um, you know, getting them to look up from their phone to even look as I drove by is a, is a struggle. But I grew up there, okay, man? I get to run out in the woods. Like, you rode your bike wherever you wanted. You know, you uh, had dirt clawed fights. Um, Chad, you ever had a dirt clawed fight? Uh, most likely, okay, at some yeah. point or another. So, <clears throat> crab apple trees, you'd have crab apple fights where you chuck crab apples at each other. Uh, all the stuff that you probably wouldn't let your kids do um, is exactly what we did. But it was good to go back home, man. And I love Thanksgiving. Um, it just feels good to be around family and kind of be reminded of, uh, of, you know, where I came from, kind of back down to my, my roots. So I appreciate you asking, brother. Well, I know you love Thanksgiving, but only because it's so close to Christmas. I've never met, I don't know if I've never met anybody, but I'd say your top 10 most Christmas obsessed people I've ever met. You absolutely love every second of December. Did that start as a kid or what, um, what made you Yano Claus? Oh man, is this a, uh, is this a session we're in? <clears throat> so I'll tell you this. Um, it's, it's this, it's the spirit of Christmas, I think, which I love because anybody can get behind that no matter what fit situation you are in your entire life. You know, and I grew up super poor. So, um, but my dad was exceptional at decorating, you know, and exceptional at telling great Christmas stories and, um, and, and I just was always like a part of it. Cause it just feels good. Like Christmas feels good. Like the anticipation of Santa Claus coming or the anticipation of getting presents, you know, um, is always exciting. I mean, and, and today it's no different. I just, I love to give, I can't wait till Santa Claus comes this year. I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> um, but it's just, you know, the excitement of it. And I think that, um, it's a, uh, you know, we have this big sign in our house that says believe, you know, and at, at the Christmas time, you can choose to believe, um, you know, and believe in what I just believe in the spirit of Christmas. And I think it just is something that's, uh, you know, makes you feel good. And you know me, I'm an empathetic guy, man. So like, I, I just love it. And it's good. And I, it feels good to give. I love to give, you know, far more than receive anything. So um, and you I'm love surprising people. You I love, love surprising, surprising people. people. You do. don't love you don't love when people you care about ruin surprises like I did a couple of weeks ago. I do not like that. No, but it is what it is. Everybody makes mistakes. And, um, we know, you certainly have to make your fair share. So <clears throat> I'll leave it at that. So okay. Good. Let's get to it. I want to get to our guest today. I am excited because I mean, we're brothers basically. I mean, from the same state and ironically, he went to college in the town that I grew up in, which was and- a rival of the college that I played at. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm excited to have our guest 
uh, Chad Peterman on the show today. Chad, welcome, brother. Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me. Chad is the president of Peterman and Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, uh, El Presidente. I just want to throw that in there since we did it pre-podcast. Every time. Um, basically paid the cost to be the boss, and now he's there. and Now he's running the show. What's cool is that, um, like I said, I, being from Indiana, and I was telling Chad this on our call, our phone call, I think it was like a, you know last week or something like that, mm-hmm. about, um, man, when you move out of state of Indiana, you always thought kind of have this connection, or at least I've always had this connection of when you grow up in Indiana, and I'm a huge Purdue guy, Purdue fan. If you love Purdue, you hate Indiana, Indiana University. Um, that is a rival that is like eons old, and it, everybody takes it serious. If you are a Purdue fan, you are not an IU fan. If you're a Wabash fan, you're not a DePaul fan. If you like, you just, they're just things that you don't do. You don't cheer for that team. But let me tell you what happens when you move out of state. You move out of state and you're gone for so long, you're just happy to see Indiana teams win. (laughs) Like, next thing you know, I cheered for IU, and I didn't dare tell any of my friends that were Purdue fans back in Indiana because it's a no-no. But it just happens because you had to find some sort of connection to the state. So anytime I get the opportunity to, one, work with someone from back home um, or have a guest on, I certainly feel connected. So, man, Chad, I'm excited to have you on and ready to get into it and talk about the successes that you guys have had. Are you ready, Paul? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. And Chad is also a podcast listener. So that was how we initially made this connection, right? Absolutely. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, I actually listened this morning uh, as I was getting, uh, I can't remember the guest name, but the guy who started the pool franchise oh, yeah, Stuart. Uh, oh, was Stuart on this Brennan. morning. Yeah. Um, which was a w- fantastic story. I still can't believe that those guys turned their back on him. I know. Uh, right <laughs> at the last second. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I love stories like that, man. You could just see like, I was getting fired up talking to him because I, I mean, listen, I love stories like that, like comeback stories or a, uh, I told you, like, I just show, I'm going to show you. Oh man. I love those stories. That's pretty cool. Now for you, you're in a multi-generational company, right? So you're, so your dad, Pete started the company. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Started, uh, started the company in 86. Uh, he was, uh, kind of a similar story, graduated uh, technical school in 80 uh, in, during the middle of the recession, uh, tried to find a job. Finally, someone gave him a chance, um, kind of cut his teeth out in service and install, doing a little bit of everything at a smaller company. Um, and then in 86, as kind of the story, the famed story goes around here, uh, my mom was uh, six months pregnant with me. And he came home and said that he was going to start his own company. So uh, started out of the back of our garage um, in uh, in '86. Where was that? At? Kind of, uh, on the south side of Indy, okay, um, near uh, shoot uh, near Beach Grove uh, area. Yep. So um, started the company uh, again, heating only. Uh, continued to grow the company. Moved to a couple different locations um, here and there. Um, I joined the, uh, joined the company, uh, I graduated from Wabash in 2009, uh, went to work outside the industry for a couple of years, uh, actually in North Carolina, lived in Charlotte for a couple of years. Where'd you work? Uh, What'd you do? Uh, I worked, well, I was, I was working as a, uh, account rep for a company based out of Pennsylvania. Uh, we sold, um, adhesive into paper mills and packaging companies and stuff like that. So, uh, spent two years traveling, um, for a while uh, for work and then came back home in 2011 uh, to start with the company. Uh, kind of got 
just got into everything. Um, at the time, we were probably um, we were probably doing six, seven million ish, um, but a lot of that was new construction. Um, yeah. ah, a good portion of that, probably about six million of that was new construction. Okay. Um, and so I got in and, and just really kind of did everything, just trying to learn uh, for the first couple of years. My younger brother. Uh, works in the business uh, with me now. Um, he started full-time in 2013 after college and uh, um, has since kind of, well, then and now uh, is on the kind of the operational side. Um, around that 1113 area, um, we also added plumbing um, and then we bought a smaller company in Columbus, Indiana. Um, which we still have a location there today. Um, and then in 2015, which is really our kind of growth turning point, um, in 15, we we're still doing about 7 million-ish around there. Um, 15, we joined Nexstar, um, which has really catapulted us to um, really places we never really imagined that we'd go. Um, from 15, uh, we started to really implement Nexstar, uh, continue to grow. We had we had added plumbing, uh, excavation, um, drains, all of that stuff. In 18, we added um, a location in Lafayette, Indiana, uh, for all you Boiler Purdue up. fans. Yep, my <laughs> wife works for Purdue, uh, so I like um, her already. Yeah, exactly, and went to Purdue. So, um, but um, yeah, so. Uh, brings us up to uh, up to present day. Um, this past May, we moved into a brand new building uh, just in Greenwood, Indiana, just south of, of Indianapolis. And uh, currently, uh, we'll finish up the year this year about 29 million, um, and we have roughly about 200 employees uh, across all three locations. So, dude, I didn't know you were that big. That's awesome. It's uh, it's been a, a quick ride. Like I said, we were doing, we were only doing probably six, seven million in uh, in fifteen, sixteen, um, and then uh, and a lot of that was new construction. We've since kind of backed our new construction is probably only about five to ten percent of our total um, now. So wow, what a huge shift! So was many that, questions. Yeah, like um, even before I get into the uh, the ones I really wanted to ask, um, just curiosity has taken over. That's a big. That's a big shift from RNC to making the add-on replacement service. Many don't make it. What's that? Many don't make it, and <clears throat> some people are still trying since '08. Mm-hmm. I bet your bottom line looks really good. It looks a lot better than it would have. I bet it would. Bet so it was Nextstar a big um, kind of uh, <clears throat> you know proponent of that, or how did you make that transition? Yeah, so um, Nextstar and then having the team, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, our, our school and stuff like that as far as our real philosophy. And I think that we kind of stumbled upon this simply because my brother and I were from outside the industry. I have no industry experience, can't fix anything. Um, my brother is not a technician either, um, but he's more mechanically inclined, operational type thing. So I think we stumbled into it because in the 15, 16 was somewhat of a transition between my dad really running things uh, to us. And uh, I was actually talking to another Nextstar member before I got on this um, podcast and, and we were talking about kind of the family dynamic and our big thing was, and, and I'm so grateful and uh, grateful every day for how my dad has kind of handled this and allowed us to grow the company. But um, he had kind of handed it the day to day in 15, 16. And I think he found um, 
a lot of, uh, you know, just comfort in knowing that we had Nextstar behind us and practices and proven principles and a network uh, that could help us grow. And, you know, I'm a, I'm as big a Nextstar cheerleader as anybody. Um, but, you know, there's tons of great organizations out there. It just so happens that we found Nextstar um, and love everything about it and, and promote it. But, you know, the key is for me is two things. It's one, it's taking what someone teaches you and then not first saying that it can't be done because we can probably find someone who has shown that it can be done um, and really taking the stuff and implementing, not just going to a conference and taking 10 pages of notes, but actually coming home and doing something with it. And that's only made possible. A lot of people ask me now that we're at the size that we are and there's layers of management and stuff like that. They're like, well, you know, it must be a little bit easier to get stuff done because there's more people to do things. And yeah, absolutely. But a lot of those same people who are here were here were there with with us when we were at 40 people. And having a team that's that understands the importance of implementation and putting things in play and are not afraid to take a little bit of a risk um, because there may be failure on the other side uh, is what ultimately continue just to propel you along that growth uh, curve for sure. So when you first started with Nextstar, were there like, what were those first biggest risks you had to take the big rocks that you had to move to get things kind of paved for where you wanted to take it? Yeah. So I think the, the first one that I can think of was how to roll it out. So you got to think in 15, we sign up with Nextstar in the summer of 15. So we got about six months left of the year. We're a company of about 35 people. The son of the both sons of the company who are going to be the spearheads behind this have worked here for four and two years collectively. Um, so figuring out how in the heck we're going to actually roll this out to the company without them laughing in our face uh, or saying there's no way that we're doing this was key. So we spent about the back half, maybe spent the back half of 15 just trying to figure out, okay, let's just take individual things and see if we can't just kind of slide it in there. Uh, you know, just kind of here we go. I think the big another big thing was getting a hold of our numbers. So, you know, sure. when you're small, you're not some people are, but we weren't at the time, we didn't have budgets, we didn't have like goal, we were just rolling, yeah. and uh, which was fine, and it was working, Heck, it worked for 25 plus years, um, but uh, Nextstar kind of holds you accountable, so I think that accountability piece was good, and then in 16, we kind of took those first initial steps, um, I can say one of the uh, or really two of the biggest things, which any, anybody that uh, is successful in this uh, will tell you is the call center and dispatch. And Preach. if you can, yeah, if you can get your call center to strictly book the call, just book the call, and then you get your dispatchers thinking strategically about opportunity calls versus maintenance calls, and then what technician to send to what job, stop dispatching by zip code, but rather by uh, batting order, all of those things are what's going to propel you to the next level. And they seem simple, but they also seem counterintuitive to how you're supposed to run. Um, and so really getting over those hurdles, I, I think was, was definitely key in the early going for sure. So I got a question for you. One that's yep. fantastic. And that's super methodical and, um, and can be very hard to execute without the right leadership. Um, but those are like the little things too. I mean, you said batting order. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to put, yeah. I mean, <laughs> tee up your bet at your best guys. Um, I mean, the whole zip code thing, I understand. 
uh, from an efficiency perspective, I understand mm-hmm. if that's how you're looking at it, but um, yeah, I'm, that's awesome. So I can, I'm going to back up for a second. Yeah. Now, when anytime I've done interviews and I don't get to do very many interviews, but early on I did. Um, what's interesting is that when I looked at leadership and I'm, and this is where I'm going with it is uh, I wouldn't always look at where they went to school, like where they went to college. I was looking at experience, but anytime I came across um, somebody who was an athlete in college, um, I was a, I was an athlete in college um, is I always thought, well, man, if you're an athlete in college, regardless if it's D1, like whatever it is, you had some discipline and you had some good work ethic um, and you had some fight in you, some competitiveness in you. And those are three traits I would love to have in any good leader. Um, so I would look at those things right or wrong. It's just what was I was motivated by. Now you played, did you play football at Wabash? I did. Yep. So one, one, what position did you play? Uh, I started at corner my freshman year and then moved to safety after that. Okay. I guessed those in my head, by the way. I didn't say that loud. <laughs> he looks fast. <laughs> he looks Used fast sitting down. Used to be. So, but you kind of have that, um, you, you know, I, you're playing football. You like to hit people. Um, you must've had some speed and you moved to safety. So I'm guessing that you had to really learn to read, like read the <laughs> plays, read the, um, not the plays idiot. I mean, like read what the quarterback's doing, loser. He called you me would, the idiot, by the You way. would say that. You would say that. <clears throat> Paul's like, Paul, wait a second. Let's talk about the financials. I'm like, let's talk about hitting people, Paul. <clears throat> um, but you have to be smart and intuitive, you know, on the, and, and, and that I think is all things that are good qualities of a leader. But would you, would you attribute, you know, some of your leadership qualities to this kind of coming up? Because you also went to Ron Colley, which is a super competitive, you know, high school um, mm-hmm. in Indiana and then going on and playing in, in college. Do you think some of that stuff, like you still today are utilizing some of those same like qualities, you know, to build not only your, but not only to push yourself, but to, to, as you're building a leadership team and things like that, has that been part of the success? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, playing sports, I've played, um, yeah, basically all my life, my my brother and I, my brother played football at the University of Indianapolis. Um, And, um, you know, the one thing that I've always preached to my people that, that sports taught me were that if you look at any great athlete, uh, that athlete at one point in his life, his or her life, was not the person they are and that you admire today. And so the important piece, especially in leadership, uh, is oftentimes you find people in your organization that are waiting to be that leader, waiting to be that manager. I just got to put in my time. And what I learned from sports is that what you need to start doing is start acting like the person you want to become right now. And in sports, you have to do that. If you want to get to the championship level that whatever team you aspire, you want to take your team to, you got to start acting like that champion today. It's not a, well, if we get to the championship, I'm going to play really hard in front of all the people. It's what would a champion be doing today? Would they be getting up early? Would they be getting extra reps in? Would they be practicing like they play? Would they be, you know, goofing around when you're not supposed to? All of those things that you learn coming up through discipline and sports, um, working together as a team, encouraging your teammates, all of that stuff has to start today. 
And anytime I talk to, uh, you know, another business or something and they're like, oh yeah, you guys look like you've had some great growth and how do you do that? And what do you think the key is? And I said, well, one, you need to get really, really clear about where you want to go because you may want to go here. Well, that's a little bit different plan than if you want to go there. So get really clear on where you want to go. And then you need to figure out how you're going to lead your team to get there. Um, and they've got to understand that you have a plan and that you have the ability to execute uh, or else no one's ever going to follow you. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, so on one of the walls in this office, it says um, every day is game day. Um, so, you know, it is. You, I, I, I tell my son this. He's nine. And I'm always like, dude, you're going to practice. Practice like it's a game. I mean, you want to practice to learn, but practice like it's a game. Bring the same intensity. Bring the same focus. Bring the same, like, you know, paying attention. And he's nine. Like, so maybe I'm overdoing it. But um, I'm just trying to get that um, autopilot built to where he's focused on bringing it every day. Like every day is game day because that's going to follow him all the way through his entire life. So I'm a huge fan of those types of things. I, you, you talk about, um, I thought it was really good that you were saying, you know, um, act like, you know, you, wherever you're trying to go, like start acting like it right now. Well, something I used to have to do, and, and, uh, and I don't know if you ever did the same thing, but I was a wrestler. And so I would always look at the rankings, man. I was always look at the rankings just to see who, you know, who I'm wrestling and who they, who, who are mutual opponents that we've wrestled before. But ever before I wrestled any of them, I always went through like 15 wrestling matches in my mind with that person before I ever stepped foot on the mat and wrestled them. So in my brain, I'd already beaten them 15 times. So when I went out there, I felt like I was mentally prepared to win because I didn't, I didn't lose any of those matches that whenever I imagined. And I literally would go through each period of what I was going to do and the timing. And it seemed as real to me as it did when I went out there and wrestled on the mat. Um, but it was just this mental preparation. I forced myself, I, I would force myself through because what it did was it set a pattern in me and it was this pattern to, and, and this is actually kind of one thing where, where, you know, Paul coming and working uh, with us has been really helpful for me is I get so laser focused on my goal that um, I have a hard time focusing on multiple things at the same time. So I really have to compartmentalize the things I want to go after. But the problem is I want, there's so many things I want to accomplish to hit my goal. And I'm trying to chip away at, at all of them. The pop, the problem for me is that I am not re I'm not great at managing people. Um, I'm the CEO, you know, and for anybody that's listening for the first time, I'm the CEO of a digital marketing company called Rhino Strategic Solutions. And it's a digital marketing company for the trades. I was really good at sales and really good at marketing. I suck at managing people. Now, Paul's good at managing people, but Paul also was good at managing me <laughs> and helping me manage my expectations of myself and my, and my expectations of what I wanted to accomplish for the company. That's good leadership, right? Like he came in and was able to help me respectfully <laughs> as his, you know, Boss, I hate to, I hate to you say, can boss. say it. You can I say the people are my boss. 
but um, I feel like that was a really good quality as a leader to help move this company forward. So part of this is you don't know everything, Chad. The reason you went the next star is you want to learn from others. The reason you try to listen to podcasts is to get better and learning from others who are doing things. Um, it makes sense to do that. So, I mean, you listen to the podcast with, uh, with when, we, when we had Gary Vaynerchuk on and, you, and when we asked him, I think can't remember if it was Paul or yeah, Paul had asked, you know, you have, we, we had the shortage for technicians. What do you do? He said, I build my own school. You know, I incubate my own technicians. Um, that's how we ended up connecting. Cause you said, Hey man, I'm actually, I'm actually, I've done that. That's what I'm doing. Um, so you and Gary are basically the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, but, get, let's get into that. Well, that's where I'm yeah. going to go. So I, I, yeah. I so I want to segue into that because I am super, anybody who's listening to this podcast enough knows I am super passionate about trying to introduce um, more young kids into the trades sooner. Um, especially because the high school is not doing a phenomenal job of being helpful there. So um, you can, in, in our, one of our previous guests that was on last week, Chad, his name is Brent Buckley. Um, yep. guys, guys selling 7 million a year, 7 million a year in, uh, you know, add on replacements. Like that's his, that's his job. Now he talks about duct, you know, ducting and things like that, getting into it, but that is a phenomenal living. Just do the math. He makes 10% commission, not including his salary. That's a lot of money he's making as a technician. Not saying that's what everybody's going to make, but let's say you made a quarter of that. That's still a hell of a good living, right? To make, you know, you make $200,000 a year. I just think it's really important to get out there as much as possible. How good the trades can be for you to make a living male, female, doesn't matter. Um, and so another thing is, is that this technician shortage, you can look at it a couple different ways. You can be like, yep, it's a shortage, man. Like everybody's dealing with it and do nothing. Hard to find good it. people. Yep. I'm just going to go and try and do an accu hire, maybe and go that route. Um, or you can be proactive and do what you're doing. The exact same thing that when we asked Gary Vaynerchuk, what he would do is he would start his own school. And so now you have Peterman Top Tech Academy. Let's segue into that because I want to understand first before we talk about it, what was it that in your brain made you shift and say, I'm doing this and then, and then do it. Cause it's not like, it's not like an easy thing to do, but I'm curious to know that moment when you're like, we're doing it. And when that was, and now kind of like what you're building today, because it's phenomenal. Let's talk about it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, something I'm definitely truly passionate about uh, that we launched back in uh, at the beginning of October with our first class. Um, you know, the, the, you asked when was the moment that I knew. Um, unfortunately, I wish I would have been uh, had more uh, foresight to see it before I needed it. Um, but what I can tell people is as you grow, um, what you begin to pick up, especially in the HVAC and plumbing, if you have a membership program uh, or a, a you know, service protection club or whatever it is, um, what that does is you begin to pick up velocity as you grow. And that velocity puts you in a place where you don't say, oh, I need one technician. You look out into the next season and go, uh, I need six. And as you were talking, the biggest thing that we have is we have a shortage of, I'll, I want to choose my words wisely here. We have a shortage of technicians that are currently in the trades, good technicians that are in the trades. What we don't have is a shortage of good people. And unfortunately like in the trades, we've all 
been conditioned to think that we have to fish all in the same pond. And that's, you know, Johnny from ABC over here. Well, if I can get him to come over to my spot and then so on and so forth, well, we all know what that leads to. What that leads mm -hmm. to it's a battle. Never being able to break his bad habits and all of a sudden <laughs> your way becomes his way and it's just an endless cycle. And bad blood and, upon yeah. bad blood upon bad blood. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that coupled with needing more and more technicians um, kind of led me to the belief of I've got to make this school thing happen. And I was in the same boat. I had been to uh, two uh, mentors of mine, uh, been to one of their shops and, and talked with one other one extensively who had schools. You can and drop I was names. That, yeah. Uh, so um, Jonathan Bancroft out at Morris Jenkins oh, yeah. in Charlotte. Jenkins, yeah. uh, they're rock stars out there. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. If you ever get to do anything that they do, just do it. Don't ask yeah. questions. Um, and then uh, Kent uh, Gursky out at Anthony's uh, Plumbing, Heating, uh, Electrical out in Kansas City. Uh, they're, uh, they're a rock star, uh, as well. Kent's got a great thing going. I think they've been running their school for about four years. And so a lot of ours is those guys helped me create it. Um, and that's really the next star network at work, um, is, uh, is really there with their guidance. I was able to, uh, really kind of craft what we wanted ours to look like. Another key component, and I'll kind of plug Nextstart, or not that I haven't already, but they created what's called the Next Tech Academy, which is an online platform uh, that basically trains technicians. And so we utilize their online platform combined with lab work and then ride-alongs with our field trainers uh, to really uh, implement our curriculum, if you will. Love it. You said something early on um, that I caught kind of subtly is you you did, you didn't come from the industry so you came from outside the industry into the business do you think that 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 path has actually made you a little more open-minded to like doing something like this where most wouldn't do it um i think so yeah um i think that along with as you mentioned uh, earlier in the learning piece like we were talking i can't remember if it was in the pre-show or on the on the show about uh, your guest this morning. Well, he is a pool franchise. Well, what can you learn from a guy selling pools uh, and pool cleaning that you can implement in your business? And I think yep. he actually talked of an example of uh, that, that he had maybe learned. Um, but um, yeah, I think just being from outside the industry and then I think taking the mentality of it doesn't have to be like this. If it's broken, stop doing it. Do something different. Um, and, uh, that's always just been my mentality is we can learn so much from outside industries, whether it be, you know, we do based some of our marketing on dentistry, you know, well, same thing. Got to have a semi-annual checkup. We'll have right. to market to you. You know, we took actually from the dentist, we started, uh, one of the things we always complained about each year was, you know, God, we did their furnace tune up, but God, we, we called them three times in the spring to schedule this thing. And then someone said, well, at the dentist, they just ask you what date you want out in out in April and we said well why can't we do that so we just started doing that so every fall like when we come to your house we're going to schedule your spring cleaning right then and there and <laughs> it's on your calendar well done that makes sense yep yeah harder to move the harder to move the appointment well you know one yeah. thing that's interesting is that um you know I think you and I talked about this on our initial call um Ken Goodrich actually hires leadership outside of the industry on purpose 
like his guy that runs his Tucson store used to be an old fighter pilot. Um, first off, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, those guys are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then his uh, COO also came from outside the industry, and like some of his like key leadership came from outside the industry, and he said the reason is is that they're not already. Um, they're not already pigeonholed into this thought process from being in the industry. I like that idea. Yeah. And then there's plenty yeah. of smart people that plenty of really intelligent, smart, super successful people within the industry too. I just get it. I understand. Like, I, I think the different perspective can certainly be helpful. Paul, what were you going to say? I just wanted to jump in back to the tech Academy. So you ran your first class in the fall. I noticed that there's uh, registration available now for students. Talk about the structure, talk about the, the target candidate and what's it look like from start to finish. Yeah, so I think it, it falls uh, uh, pretty closely with what Chris's last comment about finding people from outside the industry. So um, all of our students, we have 16 students in this first class, um, nine HVAC and seven uh, plumbing students. And so all of these students have never never worked on HVAC or plumbing uh, in their life. They come from all different walks of life. We have former paramedics, uh, people that worked at Lowe's. We've got uh, guys that you know, wherever, uh, one of the uh, ladies, uh, who's a plumber in uh, our Lafayette or she'll go to our Lafayette location was in manufacturing for like, uh, 16 years, mm-hmm. um, and wanted a career change. So, um, so we start recruiting these people. There's, uh, yeah, we have, so our first class will finish up towards the middle to end of January. Um, and then they'll go out into their, uh, HVAC maintenance and plumbing maintenance respectively. And then um, we'll start, we've already started recruiting for our class that will start February 1st. Um, so we'll have another class of probably 16 students coming in. Um, and the recruiting process is fairly involved. I think that's where we decided early on that we were going to make this recruiting process a heck of a lot different than your normal. Everybody's been there sitting across the table, crossing your fingers, hoping the guy can drive and pass a drug screen because you need a technician and he can play on your team. And so we nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in our first, uh, in our first class, we, we put out, we were a little rushed on recruiting just because we wanted the things to line up, but we put the ad out on indeed for two weeks, we received over 600 resumes for the first class. So 600 resumes obviously sounds intimidating. We boiled that down to, um, about 60 phone interviews. Um, and then about 30 in-person interviews uh, to get to a class of 16. So it does take a lot. Um, Definitely having, um, we have a recruiting coordinator uh, who heads up all of that um, and and make sure that that we're getting the right candidates in. Um, One resource I can definitely give you um, and everybody, I guess, listening is uh, the Ideal Team Player uh, by Patrick Lincioni. Um, He literally outlines Hungry, humble, smart uh, is, is what we're looking for. Um, I took that from Kent out at Anthony's. Um, and, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. Well, Lynchoni in the back of the book outlines the entire interview process. So we just literally took his interview process and utilized it um, simply because a lot of that stuff there aligns with our values as a company. Um, and it's really cool, the interview process, because it's very value-based. It's, I mean, obviously we're not asking them how many years have you worked on furnaces? Well, they haven't. Zero is the answer. Um, And, uh, you know, I think we can often get caught in that trap where we're not only hoping that 
the technician who says he's got five years experience, like that's like attractive. Well, we have known nothing about that five years of experience. Um, and so uh, being able to just base, base it on values and making sure there's a line, what we've already seen, and this is before they even go out on their truck, um, and our school is completely separate from our official building, um, but we've seen a bump in culture um, and a bump in morale uh, because these people have the right values, they're hungry, they wanna learn, they're excited, uh, they've got a new career, um, all of those things, which we want in every employee, these people, we screen specifically for those traits. And so, um, that's just me. Yeah, go oh, ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that's been huge uh, as far as the structure goes. Um, and then I can jump into kind of how we train them if, if you'd like as well. Yeah, well, quick question. I wanted you to rank yeah. those three values, hungry, humble, smart, from most important to next important. Mm, that's tough. Um, Ooh, I know how I would rank it. I would say hungry, humble, yeah. smart, the same way That's you said I it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I toyed around with maybe switching the top two, but yeah, I think it'd probably be, it'd probably be that. I'm yeah. a fan of a plus human beings, by the way. Yeah. Very good. So, um, I, I know you wanted to transition into the next phase, but a quick question, yeah, which um, logistics wise, are they on your payroll during this whole training period or what's that look like? Yeah. So the way that we work it is they, um, they become, uh, an employee of Peterman the day that they start the Academy. Um, yeah. so they become, and they become a paid employee. So we pay them, um, a, a wage, uh, for their, for their time while they're in the Academy. Big reason there is one, people told me to do it. So just do it. And then um, the other one is so that they're not having to worry about, you know, putting food on the table, they can focus on their training. Um, and, you know, they, they just left the job, they need income. Um, and so that's been good for us too. Yes, it's an investment. Um, but one that I've been told and, and what looks like uh, early, or about two and a half months in, looks like that yeah definitely this is this is the way to do it as opposed to you know setting up an you know evening program or something not that there's not validity in that someone may be able to figure something out there yeah. um but that's kind of the way we structured it yeah i want to jump in real quick so but you also get the focus um because yeah. if you do an evening program then they might be juggling multiple things and i don't know how you can effectively do that many things at the same time but i think what it also probably does for you is it gives you more um, legit candidates, like yep. people wanting to come in because, yeah, I mean, you got to be able to have a living. Um, and when you, what's, I think we talked about this, how, how cool is it that I can come in and get paid to be able to create this amazing job that's got an amazing future to it? Um, yeah. That's pretty exceptional. And so I think you got really good advice. And from others that I've known being in the industry for so long who do something similar, like maybe not, you know, created their own school, but they got their own like, uh, you know, little in-house training program. Those that do, I've always preached, you know, paying, you know, paying them is the best way to go because you capture their, all their, you get all their attention and you get to take care of them. Like they already come in immediately as good human beings, but they're automatically feeling like, yeah, I feel good, man. They're not only taking care of me, they believe in me, they're putting all this education and and, uh, you know, and all this training, all this skill and stuff, they're teaching me all this stuff, but they're also paying me because you can't live without money, you know? Yeah. So I think that's 
a great, uh, I think that's great that you offer that. And I think that's only going to be, and I still think it's actually an exception to what most do. So there's also a competitive advantage there for you. And I can tell you too, that, you know, I, our, our trainers, we have a full-time HVAC and a full-time plumbing trainer. And the one thing that they mentioned, and this was probably like week two uh, of our first class is there, you know, our entry level people that we used to bring in and just say, well, go ride with Johnny. He's a senior technician for a couple of weeks. And Hey, Johnny report back when, you know, Billy's ready to go out in the truck um, is, I mean, once we started this school, we're like, how dumb were we? Like, that's really the training that we gave them and expected yeah. them to be successful. Go get and, in the truck. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what our trainer said is like, oh my God, like the focused training that they're able to have in a, in our lab or writing with the tech, like, it, it is so much better. And they're so much further along in a much shorter time than they would have been otherwise. And for me, that was the most important thing to hear coming back is like, okay, this is the right way to train them. Uh, just them being able to focus. What does the curriculum and the duration look like? Yeah. So duration is a little bit up in the air right now with this first one. Um, like I said, it, probably three and a half to four months is mm -hmm. probably what we're going to have them in there. Um, it may be closer to four, um, but we're not sure this last month is kind of like we have some, I guess I should backtrack the piece that we have guiding the whole thing is next stars, next tech curriculum, which they created. It's completely online. Um, and you go in, you watch videos, you take aptitude tests afterwards, all of that stuff. So that curriculum is really guiding us through the three to three and a half months. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we've got to implement, you know, how to work service Titan, how to, you know, do all of the things that they're going to have to do while they're out in there um, being a technician. So they are, our HVAC class goes to, is in the classroom and lab. So we turned our old building that we just moved out of into, we cut ripped up all the office area up front, turned it into classrooms. And then there's a lab, fully functional equipment lab in the back. So they spend Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday in the classroom and lab. And then they ride, I may have those dates mixed up, but point is, um, and then they ride out with our field trainers on Wednesdays and Fridays. So two days out in the field, three days in the classroom and lab. And then our plumbing students do the same thing. They just flip flop days in there, but and, that's what it looks like. And the instructors, were these employees you had on staff before? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, plumbing and heating, uh, instructor have been with us for probably, well, the heating one, maybe 10 years, uh, plumbing close to seven, I would say yeah. has been with us. Um, guys that are super experienced and all of that stuff, um, really just looking, uh, to kind of take on a new role and, and really passionate about working with, uh, with the students for sure. That's gotta be a good transition going from the truck to the, to the lab. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, more so for the plumbing, um, in our case, the plumbing trainer, um, it was kind of what he wanted to do. Like yeah. we, we put people with him, um, all the time just cause he knows plumbing. Um, but I think the other important thing, and I think the thing that you get, I was going to mention when, uh, Chris, you were talking about kind of the, you know, paying them and the focus training was the ability to instill your culture in them. Uh, if they're just coming in the evenings, it's kind of like a check the box type thing. But if they're here 40 hours a week, 
training in your facility, wearing your sweatshirt and wearing your hat, like they become a part of your company way before you need them to perform. You, they, they just get a kind of incubate in your culture um, and uh, really live it and feel it. And then all of a sudden they take that out to the customer, which I think is a really good thing too. Yeah. Huge. They become part of the Peterman family. Um, yep right then and that's what you that's what you want like i said i always like you know whenever i'm looking at um when i do get the chance to interview or even when any leadership team that's interviewing is we we love to look for a plus human beings and uh you know hopefully they're at least like a, a c professionally because yeah. you can you can take somebody from a c to an a you know but if you got a good you know you, having a good human being is a big big piece of it part of that culture culture is huge yep so have you done any kind of forecasting to project what your ROI might be on this first set of uh, technicians that are going to come through the program? So it'll be interesting to see. Um, the people that I've talked to that have done this uh, before um, say that within about a year's time, the technicians that you bring through your school will be your top technicians. Wow. Even with that little of experience, because they buy in, they have no bad habits. And they buy in day one to what you're telling them to do because there's no other, I'll do it my way. This is the only way yep. to do it. So, um, yeah, I've heard tons of success stories. I know um, a couple of them, you know, uh, have, yeah, the people that come through their school end up being their their top technicians. I mean, I completely agree. I can see all that. Yep. Sorry, I'll cut you no, off. Well, and really to the point where like uh, Morris Jenkins and Anthony's, they very rarely, I won't speak in definites, but they primarily bring people into their company from outside the industry and they go through their training program. That's how you become a technician there at their company. Yep. Um, they don't do it. They may not do it exclusively, but th- a lot of the time that's what they're doing. It's funny. You mentioned Morris Jenkins. So I live in Charlotte, just North yep. and Davidson. So I see them all the time. And, and um, when people ask me like, what should I do marketing wise? I'm like, well, you could start by doing everything Morris Jenkins does. Like <laughs> you, you don't have to, to recreate anything. Yeah. Just brilliant what they do over there. Yep. Yeah. And I think the thing that, that I, I love about Morris Jenkins is um, not even that, you know, they're big and they figured a bunch of stuff out, but it's, it's their culture. Um, you know, and that starts at the top, but, um, they just have a bunch of people who are really bought into a mission, um, which is, I think what we're all trying to do in our companies is, is get everybody on the same page fighting for the same thing. Right. Well, you have, you, what's cool about this is you also give yourself a competitive advantage in your own market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think two things come to mind when you're talking about it. Um, one is you talk about having really good instructors. So that's key. Um, and I mean, you can have, uh, like you play football, you might be an exceptional athlete, but you might've been a sucky leader. Like you're just a good athlete. Like not all great athletes are good, you know, teachers or coaches. Um, so finding a really good instructor is key to teaching them the way, you know, like the Peterman way, essentially to basically, you know, um, you know, how you guys do it is the only way they've learned and they know. So there's no like outside, you know, nothing jacking with them. So, and you're not having to re, you know, like remold somebody into something, you know, like that's a whole nother problem. So you are starting from scratch and kind of teaching it your way. That's best for you that you guys, that comes from your guys' beliefs and years of, you know, being in business. The other piece to this is, and we talk about this often and stuff, something that's the most frustrating for me um, 
And you know, I've competed in that market against you early on. I mean, when I started this company, I, I would say arguably probably your largest competitor was my customer. Um, and this happened with them. It's happened with a lot of big companies. It's happened with Goodrich, who's, you know, 180 million is this, we could go after, you know, we're a digital marketing company. So all our job is to bring in residential out and replacement and service leads, period. That's my job. But at some point, the lead volume coming in, there was no, there, it wasn't a leads game. It was a bodies game. There was not enough staff to go and run the lead volume. So we're pausing these campaigns over and over and over. Even the biggest companies problem. And so if you couldn't get an acquisition done fast enough to get the bodies or whatever it is, what you're doing is actually projecting into the future that you're going to take share. You're going to have to. Why? Because you're going to outlabor. You're going to outlabor your competitors in that market, and you're incubating the system already. Like that's so exciting. So, you know, the only way that this company Rhino grows is if our customer grows. So nothing is more frustrating when we're bringing in lead volume, having to pause campaigns because of not enough staff. So frustrating. Yeah. So you're giving yourself a significant competitive advantage by doing this way, but also doing good for the industry. So super excited about that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, the, the one point I'll put on there is in really a, just kind of a restatement of what you said, but I think it's extremely important. It's, you know, I talked about picking up velocity as you grow. Well, the, the only problem with that is it's a lead velocity is what you're picking up. How do we pick up labor velocity? And I think we do that through the school. And when you can pick up labor velocity, there's more heating and plumbing work out there that you may not ever pick it up because it, there's just, the work is just, it's out there. Um, I think if we've seen anything through this pandemic, it's the work is not going away. Everyone has to go home and everyone has a plumbing system and a heating system. Yep. And that's the beauty of what the business that we're in and the advantage we have. We just have to understand that we've got to work to create that labor velocity. Yep. So I can see very clearly like the short-term benefit of this and where you're taking it. And I think it's brilliant and I admire you for starting it and doing it right. But mm -hmm. where, what's the long-term vision? Where do you want to take this? Where do you want to take the company? You've got a lot of runway left. That was my question, Paul. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> right here in my paper. Can't you see? Jeez. Uh, All right. Sorry. Yeah. Chad. Go ahead. Answer Paul's no. question. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, right now, um, you know, we always talk about the, the growth of our company is not to get, not to be the biggest, um, it's to create opportunity for our people on our team. Um, and, uh, hopefully what this school will provide is allow us to keep growing at the rate that our people are growing, uh, inside. But, you know, for me, um, it's really to continue to grow, whether that be more locations, um, obviously, I'm a huge believer that Indianapolis, the market that we sit in and drive around in every single day, uh, has got more opportunity in it um, than I can even, I, really than I can probably even fathom. Huge. Uh, Huge. Yeah, I, it's just massive. I mean, it, it is literally massive um, to the point where, um, yeah, hopefully this school is kind of that catalyst to, to you know, really unlock a lot of that potential that we may be saying, oh, you know, well, I'm, I think we're running out. No, you're not running out of customers. They're building houses like it's going out of style. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, I think it's just continuing to do that um, and really working to be a better place of growth uh, for our people. Um, unfortunately, I feel like our industry has been one that's been characterized as, you know, 
well, if you're a technician, you're a technician. The only place you can go is service manager, I guess. Um, and really creating a place where opportunity is abound. Um, you know, we have a, on our team right now, we have a, she actually launched our school. I'd be remiss to talk about the school and not talk about her. She's an absolute rock star. Um, her name's Danny and uh, she is our team member success coordinator. Um, and she coordinates all of the training all across the company. Shout um, out to Danny. Yep. She's, she, uh, she's incredible. Um, and she um, had really, her hands are really all over the school, putting the curriculum together. We've probably shared it with umpteen dozen companies who are interested in starting a school um, because, well, as I said, that's how we got started with someone helping yep. us. So um, continuing to help people. Uh, I love doing that. I said, I think early on, I was talking to another Nextstar member before I got on here. Um, we got to where we are because of help. Um, hopefully, you know, this podcast and, and ones like it uh, reach out to those guys that are, you know, stuck or frustrated or just need a little map and, and can, uh, you know, glean a little bit of education off of uh, stuff that we're doing right or that we've done wrong and, and hopefully try to fix. I love it, man. This is so cool. I'm uh, I'm super stoked for you and just kind of watching it as it grows. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing uh, Pete and Beth, your mom and dad got to be super proud. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, being able to go to work, uh, my dad's still, um, he's semi-retired, so he's, he's in the office still stirring up things. Um, but, uh, you know, my brother sits right next to me um, and, uh, you know, we just have a ball doing it. I woke up this morning, uh, you know, listen to your guys' podcast, listen to another one, um, and just excited about the challenges that we have and, and the team that we have to, to, uh, to overcome those and, and turn them into opportunities. You got to be passionate about the process. Yep. Have you ever thought of or envisioned a world in which you're training technicians for other companies or you're like franchising this tech school and opening up in Minneapolis and Miami and yeah, so uh, we are in the, as I said, our, our uh, school is uh, at our old building, which isn't, but probably five, 10 minutes from where we're at now. Um, but we are in the process of purchasing some, some more land um, very right behind where we're at in our new building. Um, and I think the hope is to bring the school and training lab close to our home. Um, but yes, that is something I have thought about um, a lot, uh, figuring out the model for how that looks. Um, but yeah, because as we talked, it's, it's not only to help our company, it's to help the people that are looking for a stable career and to, you know, support their families. Um, and then also the industry as a whole, um, to me, we have all got to get together and figure out a way this training thing is not, we, we have the knowledge, the knowledge is in your company. We just have to figure out a way to get it to the people that aren't in the industry to bring the good people in to our industry, um, train them properly, and they can be productive members of the trades. And we can restore store a lot of integrity and pride into what it is that we do, because it is an honorable trade for sure. Amen to that. Good drop mic moment right good there to close out. Grief. <laughs> well, we are around, I think, the 55-minute mark, which is... Paul's favorite time. It's the perfect time. Perfect time, 55. It's just before an hour. Um, but listen, man, I appreciate it so much. Um, man, this is great. I'm super excited for you and, and just excited to, again, watch the process go through. I'll be super curious to hear 
once the first class rolls out, kind of how all that goes. And then what you're ultimately going to learn from it and, and just, cause you're going to learn something from it and you're going to yeah. do something different, but, um, but you're doing it. Um, you, re- you responded to the call of labor velocity. Yeah. <laughs> I like that go. term. Um, we got to figure out how to incorporate that into the title of this episode somehow. Um, labor velocity, but um, yeah, man, you came up with a solution and you did it. Like you did it. Um, that's, what I love about it, man. It's like, uh, uh, you know, you talked about going to the meetings and writing down, taking notes and, um, you know, you actually got to do something. Uh, you know, don't talk about it. What Paul be about it. And speaking of being about it, you, you wrote a book prior to all this. Tell us about the book and tell us where our listeners can pick up a copy. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in, uh, let's see last year, I finished it up at the end of last year. Um, in 19, um, it's, uh, it's called You Can't Stop the Growth, um, and it's about uh, really the story of what I kind of explained to you guys at the very beginning of kind of our growth path and how we did it. Um, and the uh, the title, I'll try to be quick here, but uh, the title is from a conversation um, that we had, my brother and I had with my dad um, early on as any family business. You know, dad built the company, kind of the slow and steady growth, and we were growing at 30 and 35% a year. Um, when things looked, you know, could look out of control if you didn't, you know, really, really know what was going on. And, you know, his, his advice was, you know, you guys need to be careful and stuff. And I, I had thought about it and got frustrated. And in a moment of frustration said, dad, I can't stop it. And he just kind of looked at me weird. And I said, if we continue to grow our people, our people are going to want to be better next week than they were this week. And guess what? they're going to grow the company and it's our job to provide them the platform uh, on which to grow themselves and they'll ultimately grow our company. And so the book really just tells our story, what we do, how we do it, basically a longer form of this interview. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you can find it uh, at, uh, it has a website, uh, can'tstopthegrowth.com. You can order it there on Amazon or um, wherever, uh, or reach out to me. I can get you any resources that we've talked about. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Chad M. Peterman. Um, but uh, yeah, more than happy to share. Uh, love uh, love talking about this stuff, as you can probably tell. Yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll make sure to uh, tag it in our yeah. post too. Um, roundabout, roughly. Was it? You have, is it? An, is there an audio version of the book? Is it just a hardback? What is it? Uh, just it's paperback. Yep. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, gosh, I have to, I've found that I used to, I try to read listen to the audio books. Um, the problem is, is it's too easy for me to space out. Yep. <laughs> so I so if you. I read the paperbacks, I can highlight as I go. Like we're reading a book right now, Paul and I, uh, called Traction. Um, it's yeah, a book about EOS. Right. Um, and so I'm having to go back and highlight it because by the time I get to the end of the chapter, I'm like, oh, shit, what the hell did I just <laughs> – I got to go back and look at my highlights to make sure I, I uh, keep them caught up. But it works. It works for me. Yep. Well, congrats on the book, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it out there. Um, and, and just congrats on the success. It's uh, – and you're just getting started. Uh, you know, yeah. you're still so young oh. and you still have quite a bit to go. And, and then, the, you know, in the, the progress that you're making so far, um, I can't wait to see what it looks like in, in, the, in you know, she's five years. So um, appreciate you being on here, man. Appreciate you being a listener. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I, um, I, I always love that. I mean, that's the whole reason we do this is to try and give those little nuggets. And I'm certainly glad that you can recognize that the reason we had a guy that built a, a pool company to a $70 million business and then sold it to authority brands for who knows how much um it wasn't about 
the swimming pool company. It was about the process, the business of it, and what you can take away from that and implement into yours. That was the point. That is yeah. the whole point of bringing on guests that aren't just in the industry is to try and get those listening to maybe think outside the box. So appreciate you, dude. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, Paul, any final words for Chad? So quick question. You mentioned Anthony's, you mentioned Morris Jenkins early in your uh, next star days, who are some of the most influential people that you admire the most or, or had an impact on the business? Uh, so I met, uh, I met Kent last year. Um, but, uh, Jonathan is a guy at Morris Jenkins. Um, he's a guy that, uh, he may not know that he's my mentor. Um, yeah. but I have adopted him as such. Um, <laughs> and so I watch everything he does. Um, I try to send him stuff when I see it to be a value. I know that he, you know, he doesn't need a, a little guy like myself doing what he's doing, uh, to give him advice, but anything that I see that may benefit him. Um, but really, uh, you know, the next star network in, in general, uh, our business coach, uh, John Conway, uh, he used to own Conway services in Memphis. In Memphis um, yeah. Yep. And, uh, uh, he's been a huge help to us, uh, as we've grown. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier about finding those people and being who you want to be. Um, I, I get, uh, whenever I can turn tune in the podcast and you guys have got someone on here who's just killing it. Like, I'm listening, taking notes, doing whatever I can because they've got something that I need to learn. Um, so it's, it's uh, Nextstar is a great network and, and it's definitely done a lot for us uh, as far as the mentors there. Well, well done, my man. Can I what? have a second now, to tell Paul? a quick Jonathan Bancroft story? Oh boy. So I used to work for a major manufacturer, Lennox, for 10 years mm -hmm. as a district manager here in North Carolina. And um, uh, I got a call from Morris Jenkins one day, which is unusual because they weren't like, they weren't in a, we didn't sell equipment to them and it was their director of training, Jerry Rollins. Do you yep. know Jerry? Uh, I Jerry. don't know him specifically. And, yeah. Okay. So they were building a training lab and they wanted to have some Lennox equipment so that they yep. could have every piece of equipment. And one, I was honored that they wanted Lennox equipment in there. And two, you know, this is a big customer and I was expecting that they wanted the equipment for free or at least at a discount. And so I can't remember if I offered it to them at a discount or free or whatever, but they insisted on paying absolutely full price for every single item insisted wouldn't wouldn't accept a discount so those are the kind of people that are down there at morris jenkins shout out yeah see my sales brain kicks in and i think it's they didn't want to give you any leverage right exactly yeah <laughs> i'm kidding I have really no good idea. point that's smart though know. yeah so anyhow i dra i dragged this one on i'm sorry yeah just shut it down paul Jeez. all right i'm gonna try for the third time to close this thing out paul i'm not gonna ask you any more questions Chad, again, appreciate you, man. Um, yep. Hope everybody listening uh, got a lot of information out of this. I know you did. And, and like Chad said, you know, hopefully if you got some good nuggets out of this thing that you actually take them and implement them and put them in place, or at least try, or if not even try, ask for help, ask questions, at least move it forward. Um, do something because every single day is game day. Until next time, thank you so much. Keep leaving reviews, keep subscribing. We love all that stuff. Keep sharing it with all your homies or your homie Homets, whatever you get what I'm talking about. Till next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To the Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store and don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.